Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. All right, I'm Len, and uh, you're listening to what the actual fuck podcast. I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm shit. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. <laughs> Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers? Welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man who has just had to check through hundreds of emails as I told him they haven't been delivered due to the email lockdown. It's the silver surfer himself. It's Neil. You're quite right. I'm getting even more like a silver surfer now. Look, I can't cut it out. Well... All the highlights will go. It's I would just say be thankful that you've got something to go grey because, you know, if you're like me and it's all <laughs> gone anyway, you know, beggars can't be choosers, as they say, Neil. This is true. Natural like highlights. Natural. Natural highlights. Yes. I like that. I like that. Now, our super fan guest this episode has created quite a stir in the baking world and the celebrity world too. Not only has she created and baked amazing cakes for Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa, and an electrical R2-D2 cake for Chris Moyles, but also the delicious cake that we got a piece of at the This Country charity football match. Please welcome cake maker and designer extraordinaire, Aggie Dadan. Yay! Hello! Thank you for having me today. <laughs> it's a Thank pleasure. How, how, are you, how are you doing in these uh, weird times? I'm very good. I'm baking a lot, eating even more, so... Who knows what I'm going to be looking like after we finish? How are we rolling out? <laughs> I think we all have that problem, don't we? We all say oh, this is a perfect chance for us to work out every day, you know, and go and get our hours of the hour of uh, um, exercise. But it's not working like that. You just sort of like think, oh, let's watch some on telly. Let's get some biscuits. And it must be if you can bake the way you do. Do you are you always eating cakes? Oh, that sounds a horrible question. I didn't mean it in a nasty way. <laughs> but I mean, you have That's to you true. have to taste what you're you're making, don't you? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't always like to admit because people then saying, "Well, you're eating all those delicious things." Yes, every day. It's not even just a cake. It's also chocolate because I sculpt out of chocolate mm. as well, and I have to make sure it's just right. And I prepare all the ingredients for the sculpting part. So sometimes could be even the midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm still eating. So, yes, yes, it's, it's bad, isn't it? Uh, it sounds like a dream job. Fed up of, oh, sorry, Karen. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Do you ever like... get fed up of um, tasting it, though? Do you ever think, oh, not again? Yes, I do. Sometimes, yes. And it's really difficult. Again, it's difficult to admit, because I really like when people eating it and enjoying it. But then when you taste it already something 10, 12, 15 times that evening in the last hour, and then you still have to taste again to make sure it's exactly the same. And Or if you run out of a batch and you have to do another batch, and then you just think, oh, I really want some crisps or some chips or something really salty. And then mm. 
yeah, you have to taste it. So yeah, I, I don't like admitting it because people were saying, well, you should be very thankful you, you've got job that you eat those delicious things, but sometimes you get a little bit bored of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of very fine line with it. So so how did you it's start? Very, how did oh. you start in the whole um, cake making and sculpting business? I was freshly sacked, or should I say dismissed? <laughs> <laughs> I was dismissed from my office job, and I had a baby, and I just thought, I want to make something creative. I always was very creative, and I wanted to make something creative from home. Um, and then I'm thinking, what can I do from the stuff that I already have so I don't have to put a lot of money to start a new business? Uh, because we know how it is. It might fail or it might just take off and it might be amazing. So I didn't know at that point what to do. I opened my ladder and I thought, oh, eggs, butterflower, yeah, let's have a go and try what I can do. When I was a little child, I was baking with my gran and, and I was helping my granddad's looking after animals. And, and they had like, um, not a farm, but a um, really nice self-sufficient um, house with pigs and chickens and bunny rabbits and, and all sorts of things and really big garden so I thought oh I've already got basics there so let's try I baked my first cake I looked at it and I thought no (laughs) and do you know what was funny enough um I tried English cake recipe for the first time then and I thought this really is bad isn't it and then not feeling the actual flow for it I was playing about and thinking, oh, this is not going to work and not going to work, not going to work. And then finally, I thought I will change slightly something. And I start sculpting. As I start sculpting, and I was always very creative, um, I saw shapes coming out. And I made my own first um, popular brand of a teddy, which was quite simple to do at that time. Um, Cover it with buttercream, and I loved it. I actually fell in love with it myself. And I thought, I have to push it further. And that's how I, it was, step by step, going to from one cake to another. I call it little adventures, little little projects. And I was pushing, every time I was making something new, I was pushing it further. And that's where we are now. Wow. So every time, every time I try to add something new, I, every time I try to make something bit bigger, bit, bit bigger, not as a volume-wise, but impact-wise. Mm-hmm. So working through the stages and sometimes you know i might not make anything for two months because the project will take me two months to make but the thought is there and and i always trying to improve so that's where we are now it started from literally opening cupboard and thinking about yeah i can do that right and so far aggie what's been your most ambitious cake The DeLorean, I think, up to date was the DeLorean because, okay, R2-D2, I still have R2-D2 and I absolutely love it. Uh, There were some issues on the way. Chris couldn't take it because it was life-size. It was quite large. So I got it in my kitchen. But DeLorean, I think, was the most ambitious and most technical because it had working lights. It had opening uh, doors. um, And... I supposed to put smoke in there as well. However, health and safety on the day, we were in a dark studio or cover up and very small area. We couldn't we couldn't actually set it off. Um, but it had interior, it had seats inside, it, it had excuse me, flex capacitor, the steering wheel and everything, edible, even edible screens and the windscreen and, and the windows. So I think that was just the most challenging to the point that I wanted to put as much detail as possible and obviously had a lot of massive, massive impact as well because they appreciate a lot and could save this. So I don't know if he still got it or he just ate it, but <laughs> I made it the way that he could have saved it because he's massive Back to the Future fan as well as yeah. me. So, yes, that one was quite, quite impressive. I, I was quite proud of myself. So when you're making something like the DeLorean, Aggie, do you have like, where do you start? Do you have something on uh, like instructions or? There is, is no instructions. <laughs> no, there is no instructions. But I kind of, if I can say it that way, I work backwards. So there is the idea. And then I'm trying to put, imagine working um, maths um solution so i try to get i don't know if you can see me there because some kind of lights in the background sorry um yes you can see me okay so i work it slightly backwards so the way it works is 
I get the idea and then I work to the single little elements. So then I decide, oh, it needs windscreen. So how to process the windscreen? It needs opening door. So I get to the point that I write a massive list and then work through the point after point after point. And um, it is quite a daunting process and sometimes get, get to the point that I get really tired. Like with R2D2, I've worked for almost two months to build it, to go through every single drawing I made to scale. Um, even the motors that they were in, in, in its legs had to be prepared, welded. I didn't weld myself. I probably could, <laughs> but I didn't have time. So I had to ask somebody else for help. But it is literally, as I said, working piece by piece. And then the pieces come together like puzzles. Um, if it doesn't fit, usually I don't have time to correct it. So I have to make sure it's right at the first time. Um, and it's really fine, really precise work. It's like jeweler. Um, within millimeter, if it doesn't fit, sometimes my not working. So I have to do everything right on the on the dot on the centimeters. Yeah. So so with like the R two D two cake, you said that it's um it takes like two months. How do how do you because yeah. does the cake last that long or is it because you're you're sculpting it? It's got like a protective covering over it or. I've lost you there for a second, but I oh. think what, I know what you said. Okay. Um, with the cake part, I am making sure that this is made as a last minute. So let's say two or three days before the delivery, before giving it to customer. But there are elements that I have to build beforehand. So like the over structure, um, maybe the, the remote controlled uh, system has to be built or uh, the lights has to be built in. So everything as long I can come across and work it through, to that point, I have to kind of schedule it. So the last three days are basically for the last pieces of the edible pieces of, of the cake that will be eaten on the day. So um, for example, I need to do drawings. So I start from the drawings and then I cut the woodwork if there is a structure for inside. Then I do all the screwing in together, gluing. And there is a lot of DIY, which actually you might not know. Mm. But all of that is working process. And sometimes, as I said, if there is a mistake, there is no time to make it again because this already will calculate it in the process. Um, but the process is also quite difficult because you don't know how much time you will spend on each element. So I, I like to leave about three days from the and just before the giving away date for the cake baking. And that's when I do the actual cake. And there are elements that I could do beforehand, like sugar work or chocolate work, which that will last very long. And I've got clients who have their pieces for almost five years now um, because they were purely made out of sugar paste or just the chocolate, like a chocolate clay, and they can keep it. It's like Kremlin. <laughs> uh, don't get them red, don't beat them after midnight, so that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And again, if you put in the light, they will just melt. So you just, literally, that's how I explain it to my clients. Treat it as a gremlin. Right, so so with the, the, yeah, the Jason Momoa cake then, um, yes. obviously he didn't know anything about it, did he? So who were you working with in regards to the design and, and getting it to him? How was that all worked out? Absolutely not. We were not allowed to say anything because myself and his best friend, um, we met at uh, Aquaman Premiere uh, last year, year before, in 2018, at Aquaman Premiere. And that's where we kind of exchanged contacts and start talking about it. And I knew that Jason's big birthday is coming along. So we kept in touch. And then later on, He's not messaging me and I'm thinking, I've got the date in the diary. Is the time to start making the cake? What is going on? But he was so super busy. They were already on a trip. They were recording for June, which is coming, I believe, if everything goes to plan later on this year in November. Um, so they were in Jordan at that time. And he finally messaged me saying, we've got a week. I'm like, oh my God, just a week. <laughs> that will be really difficult. Um, so. We will start talking ideas and he messaged me what he thinks would be the most important for Jason and what to include. And that's how we 
started creating it. So himself, me, and obviously the hotel where we had the party, they had to tell us where we're going to be, what we're going to do. So it's only three of us actually knew the party's going to go ahead. And I think about 24 hours before the party, we told the guests. So everybody had to be available and everybody turned up. But it was great success. It was really, really nice. Because I think it's on I think it's on YouTube, isn't it? His his whole reaction yes. to it and that. And he genuinely loved the, the cake, didn't he? He loved the design of it. Absolutely. He loved it. It's on YouTube. We we are approaching about two million views. Yeah, so it's yeah. great. Everybody saw it. And um and he was really, really surprised, and you can actually realize that by because he's swearing a lot there. Yes. So if you if you don't like swear words, just mute it and watch it. But he was genuinely surprised. He went out for dinner uh, with his friend, and everybody else said, "Sorry, we're out of town. We're not available. We're filming something else. We can't see." You. So he was really sad because his birthday supposed to be, I think, the following week, but they. Um, they obviously playing joke on him, one. And two, um, there wouldn't be a surprise if we told him, yeah, yeah, we're planning something. So we had to make sure that he's super surprised, um, which, yeah, we, we play, plan along and, and it worked. It was really nice surprise. It was super party. Um, we carry on till like early morning, I think seven o'clock in the morning or something, wow. the next day. So it was really good. A proper party. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so what's... Um... What's been your, you said about the DeLorean, but what's been your favourite piece you've ever made? Can I say it was Jason Momoa? Yes, of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the one. Because, you know, it's not even that he was there at the party, but there were other actors who are super well-known, like Emma Summerfield, uh, or, or if you know um, Stargate Atlantis, uh, Joe was there. So I think, Parting with those people, but also seeing Jason's reaction, him touching the sugar board and, and being absolutely overwhelmed with everything that we learned for him. Even though I would have liked to have more time to work on this particular piece, um, I absolutely loved it. And then people like Eddie Hall, Martin Ford, you might know them as well, Eddie Hall, the world's strongest man. Mm. Martin Ford, you might know him from other movies. Um, they were doing cake curls, which you don't see that very often. And the cake was about 80 kilograms. So, you know, I wouldn't, I was not able to lift it myself. I had to ask people for help. But they were just there lifting like a piece of feather. Um, it was, it was like literally being in a, in a dream situation. You had to pinch yourself and, yeah. and check if you're still there. <laughs> so, I mean, Jason Momoa always comes across as someone that's very, he doesn't seem like he's a big Hollywood star. He seems very genuine. Did you get a chance to sort of hang out with him a lot? Uh, well, till seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, it was, it was really good. He was um, super fun. I don't know how much I can say because obviously some things are not listed oh, no, out absolutely, there. Absolutely. We don't want to get in trouble. And, and I have to, <laughs> yes, I don't want to get in trouble and I want to keep a little bit secret. But yes, he's totally down to earth. He was, he was as I said, absolutely overwhelmed and in this kind of world, there is not thing that money will not get you. But he still felt as genuine as you can be and very thankful for what we prepared because he could have just said, oh, thank you, that's great. Yeah, let's go and party somewhere else. Mm. He stayed there with us. Um, he enjoyed himself. We had a lot, a lot of drink. Um, and And it was only like 20, maybe 25 of us there. So it was very, very small. Um, and then next morning we went to Comic Con in London. You might be, you might know about this one where there is a lot of um, is a London Film Comic Con or something yeah, like that. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't, rem I can't remember the exact uh, the exact title. But then the next morning I was totally overwhelmed by the amount of people actually attack you, take pictures of you just because you are with Jason and Jason knows you. So um, I think. There is very fine line, and if you're in a small environment like this, obviously people will behave different. And he was really, really nice. So we keep in touch. We we're still having a chat now and again. Um, but he's a massive Hollywood star, so you know it's just one of those things that you can only be very grateful that he's your friend. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously, we got to taste your wonderful this country cake at the charity football match. 
explain to the listeners what you did for them. This was something totally different that I usually do. Uh, I spoke to Paul. He was organising charity match and it was all based on football and football for kids and this country stars were playing against am i right was that professional siren sister footballers it was yeah no, not not professional no. but yeah the the uh the siren sister football team yeah and the veterans i think it was wasn't it yeah yeah yes so i knew that paul in previous years that's paul cooper in previous years went to um visit um flanders fields and there is this amazing monument where is a tank uh shell with a very old-fashioned this leather ball from uh, First World War. And I thought, this looks so amazing, and it's got this characteristic, uh, rustic, a little bit um, chocolate-like look. So as soon as I saw it, I thought, this is an amazing piece, and it's going to work so well in chocolate. So it was, I believe it was life-size, which was about a metre tall, uh, so the tank shell, broken tank shell, and a leather ball on top. Um, there was a point the leather ball fell off <laughs> on the table and it rolled. So you can see how well I made it. You could literally play football with it. But it was one of those special pieces as well that it was appreciated. And I was very grateful that I could help um, unfortunate kids and, and helping the charity as well, because I do a lot of charity work. Um I'm fortunate enough to be able to, so why not to help them? Mm. And I just did. Yeah. It, I'm, and I was, it was very tasty. I was going to say, it looked amazing and tasted amazing. Thank you. But it Thank must, you. Does, it, does it break your heart a little bit that you put all that work into it and then the first thing someone's going to do is, like, cut it into slices for people to eat? Absolutely not. It's total opposite, actually. Right. I like when people eat it. I like when people appreciate it and catch it because if they saved it and it was in the corner of the room and it's just getting dusty, nobody gets involved, um, the cake should be bringing people. And that's what I just did there. I wanted them to have a party, have have an enjoyable afternoon and eat it. So, no, I actually encouraged them to go for it and eat it. And, and you know, sometimes there are very entertaining ways of eating the cake. Um, <laughs> I had customers who were cutting their own heads, um, <laughs> literally. Uh, I had people who were throwing themselves at the cakes, and I'm like, oh, my God, be careful. There is some support. Don't hurt yourself. Sometimes you have to warn customers, but they, they are wild, and they not listen, not always listening. So there, there was a food war in the past, so all sorts of things, and as long they don't waste it, because we can't waste it, we are in a difficult situation now. As long they don't waste it and they know that it's going to be eaten or or they save it for the following day and they have a party next day, that's absolutely fine. But it would break my heart if I was going to see it in a skip, uh, getting moldy and spoiled. I think that's what I would like to avoid. Right, right. Absolutely. So were you a fan of this country before the... Um... TV show, uh, before the, the, sorry, the football match. Had you already watched it anyway? So, if I, okay, our keeper is very, very, I will be very honest right now. (laughs) Last year, um, I recorded a programme for Channel 4 and one of the locals um, in town, uh, when he come and see me, he said he's very grateful for me for promoting Simon Sester. And I said, that's absolute pleasure because I like to, you know, it's not only for myself, but also for the community. And then he said, I really love what you do. And the brother and sister, um, the ones who recorded the comedy show. And I was kind of like blank face. What do you mean? I think that was 2000. 2000. That must have been to, um, end of 2018 beginning of 2019 right so i would say just around a year ago um and i wasn't quite sure what he meant so i started digging there kind of gently asking i said right okay so i have to educate myself now i came home and that weekend i watched both series like from start to end i was totally overwhelmed because i didn't know we've got such a star in right. local 
place and I absolutely loved it. So since then, when I have a um, sad moment or lower moment or, or in general, I'm working and I need something for reassurance. I like to work with noise. I just put on series one and series two and it just goes. And sometimes, you know, I will start from episode one, go through the special to, to the series two in one continuity um and it will take me, I don't know, several hours, but I I will laugh along, I will listen to it, I'll pick up new bits and bobs from there because sometimes you can miss a joke, especially being foreigner. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you are not pick up straight away. But I've got, I, I absolutely love it because I can relate to it, not even because I wasn't born in Sirens, Esther, but I sort of know people with similar personalities the way they speak is amazing. And obviously Daisy and Charlie um, are superstars. And I can't put accent on. This is just my <laughs> normal accent. So I, I, I can't put Gloucestershire or I can't use anything else. So I totally admire people who can do those things. Um, and sometimes, especially like if I have a drink or two, I turn into Yoda. But that's like, you know, <laughs> some kind of sidetrack there. Uh, people can understand, but it's not it's not purposely because I, I speaking with an accent. That's why I probably that's why I can't do it. But yes, I love it so much. And a couple of days ago, I was really sad. Um, I didn't want to watch the final episode, so I was keeping that away for as long as I could. I think I left it. Was it was it running on this this Monday? My right was today, Thursday. Yes. Yeah. Or was it last? No, the last episode was last Monday. Yeah, yeah. As we're recording last, this. Yeah. yeah. So you can hear there how sad I am. I did not want to go there because I knew it's going to be like end of an era. So I prepared myself again, and being at home now, not being able to go out, I watched the first series again, the second series, and through the whole series to go to the last episode. Um. Yes, I'm sad, but I'm glad it's on iPlayer and I can just turn on whenever I want to. So I'm massive, massive fan now. Good. Oh, for a split second, I thought you was going to say, I've never seen the show before. I thought that's what you were going <laughs> to say. I thought, okay, well, that'll be the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. So the, so, so the, epi- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the episode where Martin um, has his cake club and you have yes. um, Dan brings a lovely Victoria sponge and... Um, yes. And... Uh, uh, Curtin brings his shop-bought lemon drizzle. What would you bake for Cake Club? What would you bring to let Martin have a little taste Martin, of? I like lemon drizzle, but it has to be the actual homemade proper with real drizzle. butter. Mm. Yes, and and proper real lemon juice with a lot of sugar. Um, yeah, I think it would be lemon drizzle. And if not lemon drizzle, I would take this to next step and do orange drizzle, which is Ooh. super tasty as well. I've got I've got my own recipe which I made and it's based on Victoria Sponge. So um, oh, I've never heard proper... of orange drizzle before. Neil, have you? Have you heard no, of orange no. drizzle? No, but I'm willing to try it. I was going to say. Yes, I made it. Yes. You've just you've just opened it's up a whole really... new world for us, Aggie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I made it myself, and I kind of one day I didn't have lemons, and I really was craving lemon drizzle, and I'm thinking. I like to replace a lot of ingredients. So this time is perfect. Well, I shouldn't say perfect. It's, it's perfect for replacing, but it's not perfect for all of us. So if you're missing something, I will find a replacement. And I didn't have lemon back then. So I made orange drizzle and I made my own candied oranges. Um, if I remember that right, there were blood oranges as well from organic shop down the road. So it was really, really good. I'll send you a picture later so you can... You can um, Yes, uh, do that. Look at it and dribble, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do that. If you can send us a piece of it in the post, that'd be even better if you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Aggie, yes. Out of all the series, then now you've finished them, what's been your favourite series? It's really hard to choose. I've got certain um, episodes that I really like, and and some of them represent something very close for me or, or like there are special jokes that I really, really like. Like, for example, I really like when Mandy did the tattoo mm. uh, for Kerry. And I really like that one because it was representing small business. So, you know, supporting local businesses, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I really like that one. Um, I like the one 
where so I can't choose the series. So as I said, it's, I'm just picking up the episodes. I really like the one when Curtin was trying to find Rob Robinson and <laughs> going through the different places and showing the local petrol station and 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 even the the towel because that's a tradition, isn't it, in Sirencester? I only be told about it not so long time ago. Yes, that all the kids when they finish uh, secondary school. They draw a towel, right? Yeah, it's it's only something that sort of came in in the, the last sort of few years, wasn't it, Neil? I think it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a sort of thing Martin. when we were at school that, that that happened. It was definitely. I think one of my kids had it uh, primary school when they finished primary school. They mm. they had their um, okay. their tea towel, but it's yeah, it's really weird how they tap into those things that are, yes. are, are very local, Absolutely. but but obviously it's global as well. Some of these things that they they tap into. Absolutely. And, you know, the one after Mr. Perkins, we all know Mr. <laughs> Perkins. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Uh, and then from the latest one, I really like when the curtain um, was naughty and sat behind the steering wheel and tried to turn around and carry with her little um, clang. I won't say, I won't go there. But yeah. <laughs> it was really funny when she was turning around the car and, and then he bashed into her. Been. I could I could continue, you know. This is like, it. Mm. I I can I can just carry on picking up those pieces because I really like them so much. And I, you can believe me, I've watched it so many times. Massive, massive fun. Well, who's your favourite character then, Aggie? It's really hard to choose. I like them all. You know, they all got them their own traits, uh, the the special things that they really like. Like Gary's really really naive. And sometimes I feel really sorry for her. Then Curtin, I feel sorry for him as well sometimes because when they were cooking that pizza and Kerry burned, I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, I can just imagine there are people like this who bought the pizza for the money who they saved and then you can't eat it because it's burned. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them all. I like Martin. I like Mandy. Then really... Enigma kind of person is Sue as well because you never see her and she's mm-hmm. just shouting from the top. It's, I can't decide. I really cannot decide because I like the show as a whole and and their little sayings and their little traits. So yes, I liked it all. So one of the main burning questions of series three was uh, who was it that played Curtin's nan? Because obviously her face was pixelated, you couldn't see. Have you got any theories on who you think? Because apparently it's a Hollywood A-lister. Uh, we can make sure it's, it's not Jason Momoa. You would have told us if you knew no, it was Jason it's not. Momoa. Was... Yes, <laughs> have you got any ideas? That, but... who, who do you think that, that it was? I have to say, I saw a tweet, and um, and one of the papers said, "Why did you pixelate the face?" And then I did a little bit of digging. I have to say, I am not that familiar with all the actors and sometimes not being British from the start, it, it can miss. Uh, I can miss those little bits. So um, I have to admit that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Danny I don't know. Probably if I saw her face or if I hear the voice again, I probably would would like to, would probably guess it. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to see the lady from Harry Potter. Um I can't remember her name now. Her name now. The lady who is playing um, one of the teachers with a bun on, on top of her head. My, the name just skipped now. Oh, Maggie Smith. Yes, I really would like her. Oh, that would be good. That's a that good shout. Good. Yes. That's a good shout. Yeah. That is a very good shout. I think it's Danny DeVito, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the blonde wig. That sounds about right. <laughs> a bit of CG in there as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, if it was Danny DeVito. Might as well throw that in the mix. Yeah. Yes. Right, Aggie. Now we're going to find out just how big a fan you are because we're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Okay. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain that said it. I'm scared. <laughs> this is pressure now. This is. Are you yes, ready? Here we absolutely. go. The line number one I just want him to come back as soon as possible. So everything can go back to normal. Did Kerry or Curtin? Curtin. Is correct. Yes, that was the station episode when he's talking about the vicar. Well done. One out of one. Number two. Did you get that? That could not have gone better for me. 
Ooh. Did you get that? That could not have gone better for me. I would say Kerry only because I haven't got a clue, so that's a total guess. It is Kerry. That was in the yes. station again after Curtin attacked the vicar, and then the vicar then attacked Curtin. So that's two out of two. Okay. That's very good so far. Number three. It's like that woman who got her face ripped off by that chimp. Yeah, that's Curtin, isn't it? That is Curtin, yes. That's uh, Cynthia talking about the vicar's ego. So that's three out of three so far. Well done, Aggie. Number four. Thank you. For all she knows, I could be going in there to buy something. For all she knows, I could go be going in there to buy something. I don't know, but it sounds like Kerry. Four out of four. That's oven space. No she's talking about going in the shop. So this is it for five. We haven't had a five out of five for a long, long time. Long the, time. the pressure is now on. Number five. Ooh. I can't wait to see Uncle Nugget. He's such a laugh. Is that Kerry oh, or Curtin? That's Curtin. That's Curtin. It was Kerry. Oh, Harry, no. but four out of five deserves a round of applause, I think. Oh. Thank you very much. Well done, Aggie. That's well a great done. score. Hey, do, you, do you have a bonus score. question so I can correct that one? Well, I mean, <laughs> we could do something that we've got a little bit, uh, something up our sleeve for after the podcast, which we will talk to you about um, when we finished, if that's okay. So you can redeem. I was, no was going to say redeem yourself, but four out of five is one of the best scores we've had for a long time. So very, very good. Thank you. I tell you why, because I had a kind of like an echo in my room going in the background and I just got suggested by that. But I shouldn't really listen to them. <laughs> Was that the only one you listened to? Did you do all the other yes. ones? Oh, all of them, they were by myself. Apart wow. from the last one. Never listen to anybody yeah. else, Aggie. Always no, go with your no. own thoughts. <laughs> Absolutely, isn't it? All right. Aggie, I have to ask something about Kate. Is there yes. such a thing as a proper savoury cake? Now, I know there's like potato cakes and things like that, but that's not a cake. Is there a savoury cake? Of course there is. And I made it. Oh. So I made, again, a recipe. I write my own blog and I've got my own recipes. And a while ago, as I said to you, I fed up, totally fed up of sugar and chocolate and everything sweet because how much can you eat? Um well, you can a lot, but you get to the point that you just crave something savoury. And then I thought, I've got this amazing idea. Let's try it. I called it breakfast cake and contains olives, almonds, goat cheese, cheddar. And the texture is like ordinary cake. It's based with uh, yoghurt, so it is really spongy. Um and it's amazing. It's absolutely delicious. And you can find the recipe on my blog. I posted it probably a couple of years ago. Uh, but the idea is to have it for breakfast. If you want to, you can have it for lunch with your soup or slice of cheese. And, yeah, I, I can tell you that I made it. If if there is a one, that's the first one that you ever heard. Right, that's, that's on the to-do list. I had a vision in my mind of a Victoria sponge with tomato sauce in the middle and sausages and <laughs> bacon all on stuck on the top when you said a breakfast cake. I was really getting ex- <laughs> I was really getting excited. I thought, oh my god, I gotta listen to this. <laughs> that's the sort we would make. That pal. is the sort we would make. So close. It's close, but not quite. Yeah, slightly thinner. There is no ketchup, but you can put ketchup on. You and you could. can use bacon as well. Yeah. Wow. But there's I, I no never, sugar. I thought the nearest thing you'd have to a savoury cake would be like a carrot cake. But I suppose that's not even savoury, is it? That's that's a no. sweet cake, is it? I, I've, I've that's never... quite sweet, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So this isn't really cake-related. This is more chocolate and sweet-related. But where do you stand on chocolate peanuts? Because as far as I'm concerned, chocolate and peanuts shouldn't ever mix it. Peanuts should be a savoury thing and chocolate should be a sweet thing. I've never understood how people can enjoy chocolate peanuts. Is that a stupid question? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I I have to say, okay, I really like chocolate raisins. I love chocolate raisins, chocolate, yeah. Yes, it's good, isn't it? Mm. Whether it's with milk chocolate or dark chocolate, it's amazing. With peanuts, I think they are still very... What's the word? Um, 
versatile that you can use them in several different things. And imagine peanut butter. Have you tried peanut butter and marmite? Yeah, I can't. Oh, I can't. I'm going to be sick. You don't oh, like marmite? Oh, or peanut butter. I no. do. I do. Yeah. yeah. I... So there is a. So I think it's one of those things you either love it or you hate it. Mm. But the way I work ingredients, I like to use them as a neutral and then add the sweetness or the savory part. So, for example, um, cashew nuts. You can have roasted with salt and pepper, uh, paprika. But then if you have unroasted, you can eat it with white chocolate, which might sound very weird for some, but there is a basic ingredients that you then kind of go one way or another. So for me, even... Imagine this. Recently, I done some chocolate truffles. I've got a friend who owns shop in London. Uh, they do whiskey there, and he wanted something special. And I had this very odd liqueur, which was distilled from London's mud. So when you smell it, it smells like wet grass. When you taste it, it's, it tastes like wet grass. <laughs> okay. And then you, I needed to make something like oomph, make it exciting. So I put salt and pepper into this. And it was amazing with chocolate. So I put dark chocolate with salt and pepper. And it took it to another dimension. So I think everything, whatever you start with, whatever is the ingredient is, if it's the, run, done the right way, will work. And I'm not trying to convince you. When you try my cake next time, I'll make sure you like it. Because okay. it's not about convincing someone is that you like I know you will like it because it's just such a unique combination of flavors a lot of people adding dark chocolate to chili or casserole because it's just such a dark deep flavor that you can use that as well mm. so going back to chocolate peanuts not my favorite thing but I, I learned to love certain things and and it's just the way how you prepare it right that's my opinion on it anyway. Okay. No, that's fair enough. That's Bold. Fair. Yeah. So, because... Yes! Is, 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 is that... Yes! Amazing! <laughs> Have you tried the really old one? There is a there is a vintage one. No, no, I've not tried that. Let me just... Excuse me. Can you help me with my vintage marmite, please? Vintage I am sitting in a corner. Marmite. I can't get out. Right. <laughs> I will show you my vintage pot. Got vintage marmite. Oh, you see, Marmite never goes off, Pab, unless you put it in the fridge. Is that right? Is that right? That is true, yeah. I yeah, didn't. It's a true okay. fact. Well, there you go. No, look. I didn't know either. There you go, listeners. You've you learned, learned something one. new today, that, that Marmite never goes off. What, so even if you open it... Yeah, you can leave it. It won't go off. The stuff, if you get butter in it and et cetera, off the knife, yes. that'll go off. As long as you keep it clean. Ready it for this? Go, go on, on, then. Risk. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Look at that. Extra, oh, I'm going to have to try some of that. <laughs> and have you tried the, the peanut butter that's already mixed with Marmite? No, I've not tried it yet. I'm, I love peanut butter. I love Marmite. I'm not too sure whether it'll work. It's in the cupboard. It's in the cupboard over there. It's oh, amazing. That, yeah, I'm going to show you that as well. It's is amazing. Is it better on toast or? Just with a spoon. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. See, I, 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 you're, oh, oh, look gonna, at that. Yeah, there, there it I'm is. Sold. I'm going to try that. But you're, you're, Aggie, really I think you're absolutely right. I've never heard anybody that has said, "Yeah, I don't mind marmite pe or peanut butter." They either love it or they hate it. There isn't any people that are sort of absolutely. can take it or leave it. It's really, really strange. So when you've made when because you do a lot of experimenting, obviously with with cakes. Yes. And, has there ever been a time when you've made something, took a taste of it, and gone, "Oh my god, that is disgusting." I'm trying to think, but I think I always try to adapt it to the point that I like it. So right. there are probably things there in the future, but I didn't come across quite yet because I got very sensitive palate. And when I start adding things and it's not quite there, I will be adding more and more and more till it gets to the point I really, really like. So haven't come across that yet i'm just trying to think no no i i don't think i did yet so i 
Yes, I was playing about. Um, I just got a little note to say that and mention it. I was playing about to make sugar buns. I don't know if you remember those sugar, sugar buns. buns from Silent Center. They're not, yes. not 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 butter buns. The same kind of thing. Oh my god! Yes. I was only saying to my wife a couple of days ago. God, I wish that shop was open. We used to get butter buns or sugar buns every time we went downtown, and no one does yes, them anymore. So I- it took me. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Oh my God! I love you, Aggie. <laughs> they are gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> so I was playing about for about two years, and okay, they might not look exactly how you were used to them, but the taste. I I mastered the taste. Oh my God! And because I'm not British, I put a spin on everything I make, and they kind of are these sugar buns or butter buns, whichever you call them. But I mastered them, and I advertised them for the first time today. I was struggling with flour, but now I've got flour in East back in stock, and I start making them. So yeah, I, we will I, like be, them I will be a lot. putting an order in. Is this via your website? Is it? I uh, know. Just find me on Facebook, and uh, I will put Facebook an order in straight after we finish recording. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's one of those things. If I put it on the website, then I will have orders from all over the, the world, oh, and right, I'd rather I keep it quite, quite, quite central. Sirens yeah. there, especially now. I want to keep for the best ones, for the local ones. <laughs> that is, fa- I think that oh, is probably that is awesome. the finest thing I've heard over the last 10 years, I think. <laughs> Thank you. No, I just miss them. I think they were like my favourite bake. I came to Siren Sister, and if you know, in the centre of town, the long bakery there, I used to live above in a flat. Oh, and right. every morning I woke up and the smell was amazing. I bet. Um, so Saturday morning, downstairs, probably maybe not in pyjama, but closed, going downstairs to get my buns or some donuts or something like that. And, you know, you can't get them anymore. No. I miss them so much. I had to, I had to work my own way to recreate it. Whether they are the same, better or worse, I have to hear from the locals, but I like them. I will, I will, I will, I will yes, we, we will gladly give you a, an expert review. Uh, lardy cake was the other <laughs> thing you. they used to do as well that I used to love yes. from, from there was their lardy cake. Oh my oh, goodness. Yes. My mouth is watering. <laughs> my mouth yes. is watering. So... That is fantastic. <laughs> so, so uh, to finish off, Anagi, if there was one celebrity that you could make a cake for that you haven't yet, who would you like to make a cake for? I think I achieved my impossible already. Oh, right. So okay. I think, I don't know if there would be anyone topping Jason Momoa. Maybe Dwayne Johnson. That'd but be I think, you know, that would be amazing. Um, but I think watching him in uh, Tooth Fairy and, and all the things, Jumanji, I, I, I'm a massive movie fan, as you probably can tell. Yeah. But I think... I've done the impossible, which I thought it would be impossible. Um, I made cake, not one, two. And I saw Jason so many times. So I think this will be very hard to top. And obviously, because I am a massive fan of Stargate Atlantis, I never watched Game of Thrones. So I really don't know him from that. Right. Uh, but, but Aquaman was a big part as well, and Justice League. And that's why I always wanted to see him because I saw him being genuine. But if I forget about Jason Momoa and let's say he doesn't exist, then might be Dwayne Johnson. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good yeah. one. So, so people can find you on Facebook uh, and Twitter. What, uh, what's the best way of searching for you? Um, I am on a few different social medias. I think my favourite is Instagram because is the photo and you connect so quickly mm. with people and you can you don't picture says a thousand words so you don't even have to sometimes put description there so i'm on instagram as edible.by.aggy um on and certainly i've got the most uh, the highest followers there i'm on twitter as edible by aggie and on facebook which which is very weird you might you might ask um i used to trade as Cotswold's finest cakes but Facebook is really funny about changing names and they said Aggie is not related to Cotswold's finest cakes and they didn't allow me to change the name so I just thought I will make this more difficult for my followers (laughs) and I keep it as Cotswold's finest cakes so it's Cotswold's finest cakes on Facebook and the other one um, edible by Aggie 
because that's how, how how I trade now. And and it's not only that I am a chef, I am food sculptor. So whatever you can eat, whatever you can imagine, I will try to sculpt out and make it delicious as well. Right. Absolutely make it delicious. Indeed. We will put the, all the links uh, to all of your social media on our show notes of the podcast so people can just click on it from there and uh, start ordering those sugar buns, I think, is the best thing. You're going to end up with, like, hundreds and hundreds of orders for sugar buns. Yes, <laughs> just, please. Just, I just from me. Just from me, that is. Not from anybody else. Just from me. I would do personal delivery by the door, and I'll wave it from my car. That would be amazing. I can't, I can't wait for baking more because it, at the moment i haven't baked i had no flour and i cannot wait for me baking is living so literally you know baking makes me smile so i cannot wait for this that's wonderful aggie thank you Fantastic. very much for spending some time with us it's been a real real pleasure to speak to you it really has and my absolute pleasure speaking to you guys thank you thank if you just you. hang on hang on thank just for a much. second neil if you want to just do your little bits and pieces before we say goodbye absolutely you can find us on on all the social medias under wtaf this country please do come and check us out comment or talk to us in these weird and wonderful times I was waiting for a time Boom. to ring the bell then yeah <laughs> you can email us on wtaf this country dot no, hotmail.com. Well, well done, well done. And our website is wtafpodcast.com. Please do come and visit that to find out everything that's going on. Thank you. Thank you. And also remember, you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash WTAF. We've got a various range of um, rewards ranging from $1 a month up to $5 a month. So come along and uh, please help us out. Just stick a dollar in our ample cleavage and uh, I'm sure... We'll be very grateful, as we normally are, Neil, aren't we, when that, when that We're happens? We're always grateful for things <laughs> in our ample community. Indeed. So thank you again, uh, Aggie. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. An absolute pleasure speaking to you guys. Thank, thank you. you very and much for having me. Thank you. you stay, stay safe as well. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you very much, everybody else. And uh, just go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.